It's the SeaWorld Splash Podcast, bringing you the latest news, rumors, and history from the SeaWorld Parks in Orlando, San Antonio, and San Diego. And now, here are your hosts, Joseph and Sheldon. Hello, and welcome to the SeaWorld Splash Podcast. I'm your host, Joseph, along with Sheldon. What's going on, everybody? And today we will be talking about my own wondrous night's review, The Greatest Story Never Told in San Diego. Yes, I went to see A Wondrous Nights in San Diego. We also have a new Species Highlight segment today. And you'll hear our thoughts on trophy hunting, Children's Bush Gardens update, and fans' thoughts on theatrical shows like One Ocean vs. Orca Encounter, and much more. So let's put on those ponchos and get ready to be drenched. So, in recent news, Chester, the false killer whale who lived at Vancouver Aquarium, passed away. My condolences go out to the Vancouver Aquarium in this tough time. And, uh, Sheldon, what's your thoughts on this whole ordeal with Chester? Well, yes, once again, I am very sad to hear the passing of Chester, the false killer whale. Um, I've never never met him, but if you've ever seen a false killer whale in person, I have to say it's a very, very cool cetacean, one of my favorites. Um, one of my favorite cetaceans in Orlando was Jozu, who did pass away a while ago, and I just love false killer whales. I love their streaks, streamlined bodies, their power, their grace. They're just amazing creatures. Um, I'm very sad to see Chester go, and I really hope Vancouver Aquarium, you know, can pull through this, and I know it's going to be a very tough time on them with their remaining cetacean, Helen. So I just hope for the best, and hopefully no controversy, you know, uproars from this. Uh, Joseph, what do you think? Yes, it is definitely very sad to hear about Chester's passing. And again, our condolences go out to the Vancouver Aquarium. Now, on to my review on A Wondrous Nights in San Diego, the greatest story never told. That show is awesome. I think that San Diego did an awesome job bringing it out here. And Sheldon, have you seen it over there in Orlando? Uh, yes, I have one time. And the reason it was only one time is because for all you see Orlando fans out there, you and I both know that around December, it's really hard to get into that show. You have to wait a very long time. And pretty much um, pretty much a whole day in itself to get in. I know that much, but it was a very cool show. I love the music. Um, my favorite part is the ending when all the animals actually come in and um, take the place of where the puppets were and they're singing. And it's a really cool scene, especially if you guys, you know, love nativity scenes. It's amazing. It's a really heartwarming story. Uh, definitely love it. Um, I haven't seen it in San Diego yet. I noticed there are some differences with San Diego and Orlando, and I think we all know why. <laughs> uh, Joseph, can you tell some of those differences over there in San Diego as opposed to Orlando? Yes, those differences are like with the dove. In Orlando, they use multiple doves. In San Diego, we use only one dove because in Orlando, you guys have it in a closed theater 
in San Diego. We have it outside in the open. So let's do some math here. Dove and birds of prey. And I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> Unless you want your owl having a birdie snack, but I know that's not what they want to do. <laughs> yeah, that would not be fun. But yes, my favorite part is when the live animals do come in. That's awesome. So, And it's definitely a bigger set. Uh, I would like to see the one in Orlando just to kind of compare and contrast. But yeah, it's definitely an awesome show to have out here in San Diego this year. For sure. It is the, well, one of the best stories ever told in the history of Earth. <laughs> now, on to our thoughts on trophy hunting elephants. Some of you may not know that our co-host Sheldon is a big fan of pachyderms. What's your thoughts on this? Well, first of all, I'm extremely outraged by this decision. Um, yes, I'm a very big fan of elephants and rhinos, and to find out that the law has been passed to allow trophy hunting, but for selfish reasons, in my opinion, is just disgusting and just outrageous. Um, elephants and rhinos are in danger because of poaching. Trying to, you know, saying that it's okay is it's sending a wrong message to our kids. I mean. I mean, let's face it, you guys know about the Northern Right Rhino, only three left in the world. Uh, why is that? Well, it certainly wasn't from lions, no, it was from people, from hunting. <clears throat> Every day, rhinos and elephants are being poached for their horns and ivory tusk. And here we are passing a law, trying to pretty much end them. They're already endangered, there's not enough space as it is. I know some people would say, oh, they're doing elephant cullings or rhino cullings because there's just too many elephants, rhinos in one place. I'm like, well, that's because there's not enough habitat for them and they have nowhere else to go. If you think if someone took out your home, where would you go? To the next place that's like home. So the reason there's probably too many in one spot is because there's nowhere else left on the planet for them to roam around. It's sad, really, but <clears throat> there will probably come a time where our grandchildren might not even see an elephant or rhino at the rate we're going. I mean, every rhino species has been threatened by poaching habitat destruction for the horn. Elephant populations have been decimated in Asia and Africa because of poaching, habitat destruction, human conflict. Trophy hunting does nothing. I know some people would say it has conservation and it has no conservation whatsoever. Just because you're killing a small amount of the population doesn't mean you're preserving it. You want to preserve the species, you preserve every individual of that species because genetic diversity is important. If you don't have that diversity, guess what? Reproduction will become an actual bad thing because of inbreeding. And inbreeding will lead to non-fertile offspring or offspring with birth defects causing more problems and pretty much the destruction of a species. So really, if you want to conserve something, leave it be. In my opinion, the best trophy to take home is a picture. I don't know about you, but photo safaris are definitely a good conservation piece. They raise a lot of money and it lets you and the animal go home with a definitely a different experience and a new feeling. But certainly killing an animal, mounting it on the wall is not my... Mm -mm. Now I will say this, I do, I don't mind and I do support hunting for like survival, say if you're hunting a deer to eat or 
turkeys to eat, or up in Alaska, they hunt the whales to, for, for survival, but they honor their, the dead. They respect the animals. They don't sit there and display them like trophies or things. They're creatures, and they've given their lives so that they can, so the people can survive. Now, that kind of hunting is understandable, because <clears throat> they only take what they need, not what they want. So, I guess I will, as you can tell, I am not the happiest of camper when it comes to hearing about trophy hunting, and I personally do not support it whatsoever. No matter what the species is, no animal should deserve to die for human greed, especially if it's just going to be displayed and pretty much wasted. Uh, Joseph, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I'm not in any agreement on this law that we're basically taking and abolishing. So we need to rethink that decision. But on to more happier news. Sheldon recently went to Bush Gardens. So let's hear his Bush Gardens update. Yes, I recently did go to Bush Gardens a few weeks ago. Had some time off from the break from my exams in school. And I had a really good time. Um, I did not see this new baby giraffe. Um, apparently it was born a few days after I went. So I will have to go back and see this new bundle of joy at six feet tall by now. <laughs> I did, however, catch a, the baby orangutan. Her mother, the, the, his mother is Luna. And right now you guys might have saw on Bush Gardens website, they are doing a naming contest for this baby. <clears throat> there are three names to pick from it. Uh, you can go on that website, you can go on the Facebook page, and you can vote for your favorite name. And it's, I did get pictures of it, it's on my Facebook page, and it is a very cute little boy, he's very curious. Um, the mother Zuna, she did bring him over to the glass to interact a little bit and see the people, and she's a pretty good mother, it's a first time mother actually. That was very cool. I did go and see um, a new baby rhino named Winifred on the Serengeti Express. That's a very cool experience if you guys ever go to Bush Gardens. It's a train ride you can take through the actual Serengeti environment that goes through rhinos, giraffes, elands, wildebeest, zebras, and many more. It's very cool. <clears throat> I also had a personal really good experience with the um, elephants at Bush Gardens. I saw their herd and met one of their big bull elephants named Spike. Now, the cool thing about Spike is he's actually 14,000 pounds. So to put that in perspective, that's about 2,000 pounds heavier than Telecom was. So keep in mind, elephants are not quite as long as a killer whale, but they can weigh more than them. They are the largest land mammal ever. And Spike is definitely one impressive creature. You definitely need to come out and see him. He's a really big boy. He's really amazing, really cool. Also got to see some tigers as well, the gorilla troops, chimpanzees, and of course uh, some very large alligators and hippos and crocodiles, other pretty amazing creatures. And it's a pretty cool park. And, I didn't ride much rides, um, I'm not much of a roller coaster fan, but I'm not saying I hate them, but you know, roller coasters are not quite my thing, I'm, I prefer to go and see the animals, you know, I even caught a cheetah run, and when I say it was a very, very fast paced, very interesting experience, and they're not kidding, the cheetah goes 0 to 70 in a few seconds, it can really happen, it's really cool, if you ever go to see a cheetah run, I recommend not taking a picture, just videotape it, it's so much easier, because if you take a picture, Nine times out of ten, you will have a blur on your camera, and it'll just be a blur forever. So, I would say if you have a video camera, just record it, it's a lot easier. But yes, definitely, if you guys ever in Tampa, 
definitely go check out Bush Gardens. It's a great place if you love animals and rides. It's a really cool experience. Love the animals, love the love the rides and all that stuff, and definitely cool. Uh, Joseph, what do you think or anything to say about that? How about the Christmas stuff that's going on there right now? Yes, they have the sing-along train apparently that happens. I believe it's um, in the in the weekend nights. I think it starts at five to seven. I'm not hundred percent sure. I love it's a sing-along train they're doing. So they're gonna be doing Christmas songs. There is a meet the Santa. They're gonna have a Rudolph there. A lot later, they have a Christmas ice show going on. It's not quite as the same as Iceploration. If you guys ever saw the show, that was my favorite ice skating shows. But it's still it's not too bad. But there's already plenty of Christmas stuff already up. Uh, of course, they got their penguins, African penguins. But yeah, Christmas Town's already pretty much up. So it's already looking a lot like Christmas in Tampa. And if you guys aren't from Florida, our winters are, well, only a few days a year. When I mean a few days a year, it only gets really cold a few days a year. So that's my take on it. Awesome. And I did vote on that orangutan. I forgot which name I picked, but I know it was... I think it was the same name that you picked. I forget which one I picked. Anyways, on to some more interesting news. So, I ran a poll on theatrical shows versus educational shows. Theatrical, such as One Ocean. Educational, such as Orca Encounter. And the poll on my personal page got 100% for theatrical One Ocean and 0% for Educational Orphan Encounter. I also ran a poll on the on the Facebook page for Zero Splash, which got 85% for Theatrical and 15% for Educational. And then I ran a poll on Twitter as well for Theatrical Shamu Adventure and educational and Shamu Adventure and One Ocean were in a tie with 42% and Orca Encounter got 17% so it was interesting to see these polls my personal opinion I like Orca Encounter I know but if you guys want to talk to me I'm more than welcome to talk uh, Sheldon what's your thoughts on this uh, whole thing with Orca Encounter and all that. Well, given the nature of how Orca Encounters One Ocean are so very different, I can understand why some people probably do not really favor Orca Encounters as compared to One Ocean. And that's fine. Everyone is entitled to their opinions, and we appreciate you guys coming out and voting and giving us an honest opinion on what shows you prefer. I mean, personally for me, my favorite show was Sham Adventure. It was the first uh, Killer Whale show I ever saw when I was little. I remember I was like five years old. I was five years old in Sea Orlando, and that was the first time I ever seen a Killer Whale during Sham Adventure. That's where I met Tilikum, Katina, Kalina, Taima, just to name a few. You know, the Sea Whale family that we've come to know and love. So we all have those shows that we really fall in love with, the ones we really connect with. I mean, and a lot of you guys would definitely say Believe was one of your shows that really connect you. I mean. 
that was like one of the best shows in my opinion. So I can see where theatrical versus educational can be have some con- have some debate in it. And remember, guys, you know, <clears throat> Orc Encounters is not going to be exactly like One Ocean. I wouldn't say as high energy, but then again, Orc Encounters does give us, you know, something to look at. As in, it, it does give an educational part, and I understand that it's not very high energy and stuff, and some behaviors are not there anymore, like, say, a front flip or a V-spin, but, you know, it is what it is. And, I mean, personally, I I do like One Ocean, you know, not as much as Shame Adventure, but, yeah, I, I can definitely see why everybody's a little divided on this, because everyone's got different preferences. I mean, personally, I liked it back in the day when there was, like, a Believe or One Ocean show, and they would do the Shamu story every now and then. That was good. There was a balance of educational shows and theatrical shows. I mean, don't get me wrong, every show is educational, but I know there are some shows that do specifically, you know, focus on, like, educational versus theatrical, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, yeah, remember, remember, guys, you, just because a show isn't the show you want doesn't mean you should hate, like, SEAL or anything. You should always go for the animals. The animals are the real stars, and no reason we all go to SEAL. We want to see our favorite animal, our favorite dolphin, favorite killer whale, even our famous... Favorite sea lion performer, pilot whale. That's how we go. It's not really for the show or anything. We should go because we want to see our favorite animal stars who inspired us or, to, you know, to become maybe trainers or want to work with animals in the future. Or just, you know, become an educator, a conservationist. But, yeah, just remember, you guys, I mean, just because a show might not be that good, don't forget why we're the reason we're really here. Because of the animals. That's what SEAL is about. We have animal stars that have changed our lives, and that's what's important. So, don't always, you know, beat down the show and say, oh, SeaWorld's bad. No, that's not what we need to do. We need to remember the animals are the reason we are here. Uh, Joseph, what would you have to say on this? I definitely agree. And, yeah, definitely, if you have not checked out Work Encounter, definitely check it out. And... If you guys want to talk to me about Orc Encounter, I'm more than willing to talk about it. Now, on to today's segment of Species Highlights. What's today's Species Highlights? And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Species Highlights. The part of the show where I explain to you about certain species its relatives, and where they come from. Sit back and enjoy. Today's special will be all be reindeer. Good evening to you all, and salutations and all. For I give you a holiday joyous species highlight. Today we'll be going over a special creature that goes fitting with the holidays coming up. And it is the reindeer. Now we all know this famous old lines, singing if you know it, there's Dasher and Prancer, and I think I just forgot, oh my gosh, I am so sorry. Donner and Cupid. Dancer, Prancer, Vixen. Comet and Cupid. Donner, Blitzen. And how about Rudolph? I said, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Man. I'm just kidding. No. 
but reindeer, yes. Now, one cool thing about reindeer is reindeer and caribou are the same thing. They're just called they're just called different things depending on where you live. Kind of like with mountain lions. They're called mountain lions, pumas, cougars, Florida panthers, all kinds of names. Now, the cool thing about reindeers is where they live. They live in the Arctic tundra in North America and Asia, specifically in northern parts of Russia and northern parts of Canada and Alaska. These guys migrate in herds of up to thousands every year for new grazing pastures and places to give birth. Now, reindeer, and reindeer, or car reindeer or caribou have antlers, not horns. The difference between antlers and horns is antlers are shed every year, and horns are attached and are part of the actual body and the skull. Now, reindeers, the males will lose their antlers in winter, but the females will keep their antlers in winter, winter for a very cool reason. You see, so they give birth in the winter, so the females need to defend their young against the predator, the Arctic wolf. Wolves are the caribou's main enemy. They can hunt in packs and they're coordinated and can panic a herd and pick out a sick or weak or young individual. Just pump at the picking. In defense, reindeer can run up to 40 miles per hour. They can swim very well and cross rocky terrain. These guys are built for the harsh climate up north. There's also several subspecies that are found in Asia and throughout North America and all grow a thick warm coat and shed it in the spring. So if you ever see these really cool creatures in Christmas, make sure you say hello, caribou reindeer, because it's the same thing. And this has been another species highlight. We thank you guys for joining us. Oh, and one quick thing before we go. Can you answer this quick animal fact? True or false? All penguins like to live in the snow and cold place of Antarctica. The answer coming at the end of this episode. Thank you, and have a whale of a holiday. Thank you for that species highlights. And now, some more sad news uh, that came out of SeaWorld Orlando this past week. Bruiser passed away, and he lived with Slowpoke at Sea Lion and Otter Stadium. For those of you that did get to see him, so... We send our condolences out to SeaWorld Orlando. Um, Sheldon, did you ever see Bruiser in uh, SeaWorld Orlando shows? I did, actually. I remember seeing him in um, sea, uh, Clyde and Seymour take Pirate Island. Pilot Pirate Island. Who cannot talk? Pirate Island. <laughs> Pirate Clyde and Seymour take Pirate Island uh, many years ago. Um, I don't know much about him. Um, I remember seeing um, Slowpoke a lot too in Sea Lions High, but not seeing Bruiser too much. So I'm very sad to hear that news. Um, but I know he was well taken care of. He, like I said, he was 39 years old. They lived to 40 years old. I don't know about you, but if it was a good care, he probably wouldn't have lived that long. So that's another testimony to SeaWorld and the great care they take for these animals. I can definitely say he was okay taken care of and definitely was very well fed. He didn't look like he missed any meals when he came out at the end <laughs> of, every, of the shows when I saw him a long time ago. <sighs> but yes, definitely our condolences go out to Sierra Orlando during this tough time as well. 
I know the animal care staff did all they could and took care of him throughout his 39 years. Yes, so condolences got to SeaWorld Orlando. And some more walrus news. Baby Aku has joined Ginger. So if you guys ever do the behind the scenes tour at Wild Arctic, say hi to Aku and Ginger. I've seen videos and pictures of them, they look so cute. Sheldon, what's your thoughts on Aku joining Ginger? I think it is very cute, and I'm really glad Ginger has someone her age to play with. Um, since she is back there and um, behind the scenes, it's I'm glad that these two horses do get to bond, and hey, hopefully maybe one day these two might, you know, become really good friends and maybe produce a mate, maybe have another baby walrus calf, maybe a second generation walrus. I don't know if that would be the first, but I have to look into it. But I think it'd be cool. Um, I would like to definitely see Aku meet Kadoodle eventually. Meeting Garfield, I'm not 100% sure, because male walruses can be a little particular about their girls. So maybe when Aku gets a little bit bigger and puts on these a couple thousand pounds, maybe have him come meet Garfield in Kadoodle on Habitat. Maybe you might see, hey, maybe one day we'll see four walruses in Wild Arctic. That'll be very interesting. Um, but hopefully one day those two will be able to come out in the Wild Arctic um, Wars habitat and see them hanging around there because that would be very cool to see them. But if not, you guys are welcome to come see them at behind the scenes stores. Come to SeaWorld Orlando. Very cool though. Yes, that is awesome to hear that Ginger and Aku are together. As always, we thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, comments, suggestions for topics, or want to share your SeaWorld stories, you can call or text our number 407-900-5309. We also would love to have you share any top uh, updates or info, or even drop by and say hello. Also, don't forget to give us a like on our Facebook page www.org/shieldsplash. Also follow us on Twitter at SeaWorldSplash. You can also follow us on Instagram at SeaWorldSplash and Snapchat at SeaWorldSplash. Don't forget to check out our website www.seaworldsplash.com. You can also check us out on iTunes at SeaWorldSplash Podcast. And from all of us here in, at the SeaWorldSplash team, we thank you for joining us and hope you join us for the next amazing podcast to come. Splash you later. Take care, guys, and have a great holiday season. And, oh, I almost forgot. Did you guys guess the right answer to our question during Pieces Highlight? I asked, true or false, all penguins love the cold and the, and the cold Antarctic area that's snowy. The answer is false. Not all penguins actually like the cold. Little blue penguins and African penguins actually enjoy warm, sunny weather and sandy beaches. Look it up. Thank you, guys. And we do apologize for not being around. We've been a little bit busy. You know, college life gets to us all. But thanks for sticking with us, guys. And have a great rest of your holiday. Goodbye. Splash you later and have a... Well of a holiday. Remember, if you want to share any of your favorite SeaWorld stories or memories, please call or text the SeaWorld Splash Team, 407-900-5309. Once again, that number is 407 
or email us at serialsplashing at gmail.com. Thank you, and we'll splash you later.